everybody, and welcome into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. I'm Scott. That is Norman Locke because it's Thursday, so you know it's going down. Good morning, Norm. Whoa, Scott. Well, lots happened since the last time we talked. Yeah, if I feel like uh, we've been away <clears throat> for like what two weeks? Just one week. One Just week. One week. Feel like that's two how weeks. much. That's how much has happened. Because when we talked last week, remember we gave our our, our mock draft top ten. The draft has happened. More Pelicans game. How many? How many did we get correct in the draft? Players being this is where the criteria I've been seeing on the internet is kind of versus how many players you pick correctly selected versus selected by the team. We only we only just did the top ten. Oh, yeah, but. Um, that's the criteria, whether it's the, the whole entire draft or the first round. So it's like, okay, how many people, uh, like there's one guy who hit on 135 picks out of 160 or something like that, and he has the best, he had the best big board. You got to send me that. Okay. Yeah, he had the best big he board. He hit on how many? Like 135. It, like nailed it on the spot? Yeah. He's he's the consensus had the best mock draft. Now is this just someone board. on the internet or was this like a he, a he has a he has a he's like a a, a well known podcast YouTube. I need, I need I need I need to see this proof. Okay, I got because see that's like wizard stuff, right? There. Yeah, he he hit it. He hit on it. Um, I think there was they put a bunch of it's a tally. They have a whole entire spreadsheet of journalists' mock draft, and he compiled all kind of different numbers. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see it. Could we have made it? No. <laughs> no not, not close. No. No. <laughs> now, we did get the first four right. Lawrence Wilson, Lance Pitts, we were we were upset that we were agreeing, but those were the those ones the we got right. <laughs> I mean, four for four. Um, well, but you but didn't who do you have Cincinnati taking? I had Cincinnati taking offensive lineman. We both did. I got the results from taking uh Panay. That didn't happen. Um, now the Dolphins taking, um, Weddle, Waddle, Waddle. And, um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. let me, let me look here. You did. So you got that one, right? I had him taking Jamar Chase. Uh, we didn't have the Lions, right? We both had him. T- I had, I had the Lions taking, uh, Waddle. You had him taking Smith. Carolina at eight. We had him taking Rashawn Slater. He got both of us. He gypped my cowboy. And then nine, we had him Patrick Sertain. And four at nine, Sertain at ten. So you got what you got one up on me. You got one up on me. I knew Waddle was going to be the first receiver off the board. Not not first receiver, but the first Alabama. You you, you thought you thought Chase wasn't even going in the top ten. Yeah, uh, Bengals. I mean, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, in the draft sense, but if you if I take a look at the Bengals draft, they went wide receiver one, offensive lineman two. If they flip flop either way, they got what they needed. So I, I like their pick. ESPN fourteen twenty, ESPN fourteen twenty dot com, and the ESPN fourteen twenty app. Biggest story from the draft was what? Mac Jones going to the Patriots, falling to the Patriots. That's how I feel like. I mean, there's reports out there that the Saints. Wanted a cornerback first. Nobody wanted to trade. Of course, teams wanted to the- trade with him. They just didn't want to. Sanchez didn't want to give up two. Well, check that. Three number ones because you have to give up your number one. This season. And then the next and the next. And I'm, I'm very glad that they did not do that. 
well, who wants to flip flop from eight to twenty eight? Team that, that gets a lot of a lot of draft capital. Um, but then there was reports they were trying to move up and take Jones, and even had something lined up at sixteen. And Patriots get him at fifteen. It just sat. I was like, that was Bill probably was sitting there arguing with himself. But then at one point after after like the Bears took Justin Fields, he's like. I don't got to do nothing else. <laughs> it's going to come to me. One of the two is going to come to me. But I, I like the fact I like that. And then also the second biggest story of the draft, I'll say, is Justin Fields falling to the Bears. you surprised that just the Eagles traded with your Cowboys? That was surprising to me. Divisional oh. teams trading at all. Draft player, any of that. That just that it, it doesn't feel like that happens very often. I'm surprised the number wasn't blocked, Scott. I'm surprised the number wasn't blocked. So that's why it's. I'm okay with it because I don't feel threatened by the Eagles this year. I feel more threatened by the Giants and Washington than the Eagles this season. Yeah, I, I think I like I like it because it gives. I mean, I, I don't root for the Eagles or the Cowboys, but I, I love the fact that it happened at the top of a draft between two divisional opponents because both have all the ammo ready one way or another. Because if if Devontae Smith is all pro, then Philly's going to be like, hey, hey, remember you gave it to us. And if he stinks, you're going to be like, ha-ha, yeah, we, we let y'all have him and you gave us capital. And then vice versa, you know, with Micah Parsons and what kind of linebacker he turns into. But... um. Jeez. That that's it's almost like teams are afraid to do it because they're like, what is what is our what does our divisional rival know that we don't like? What's what's the deal here? Could this backfire? So I like that they're not even worried about it. They're like, look, it's what we want to do. We think it's best. It doesn't matter who it is. We'll we'll trade if we need to trade. It's just because it's so rare. It wasn't a big talked about aspect of the first round, but um, I I dug it. I'm like, really. This is going down. This is happening. All right. Well, you know, <clears throat> also the reason why we weren't too worried is we have a teammate on our team that went against, we knew, at least I knew, expected, let me say that, I expected the Eagles to take a wide receiver. So with them taking Devontae Smith, okay, Heisman winner, you know, yes, that's nice, but we got Diggs who's played against Devontae Smith the last four years at Alabama. Then we go get Calvin Joseph, who ran a 4-3 at his pro. We okay. That's why I, uh, with that pick, it's okay. But if he if it would have <laughs> they would have traded up to end up getting some type of like generational defensive lineman, I would have been highly upset. Wide receiver, and Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson has burnt the Cowboys religiously over the last 10 years for the Eagles, but Eagles still haven't really, you know, put a dent into the Cowboys' lineage, so I'm okay with it. You saw Joe Horn was pretty upset. Rightfully so. Joe Horn was like, no one's talking about my son. First defensive player taken off the draft. There wasn't any cameras here. It came and went. All you guys are kissing Aaron Rodgers' backside. The whole focus is on quarterbacks, either or not in this draft, that are just on teams. Why is no one talking about Rightfully so. He was the first defensive player taken in a draft in this year's draft. And he's, I mean. He was the surprise first defensive player taken in this draft. And he's the son of a pro bowler. Like, that should count for extra 
that should that should count for extra as well. Like, oh yeah, and remember his dad did this. How many times have we seen a draft where the pedigree or a bloodline of man, his dad or his grandpa, and that becomes a big thing, and it's just kind of like, oh yep, son of Joe Horn, JC, South Carolina. He's, up. he's swept it under the rug because uh, Denver's you, got another DB. If you if you look at the storylines of all former sons and like you say the lineage, all you kept hearing was Santi Samuel Jr., Santi Samuel Jr., Santi Samuel Jr. You never once saw any highlights of Johan <laughs> him with a, a picture with his son. Now he's in Carolina. So I I didn't I didn't get to watch as intently as you as you guys had a watch party. What about did they was it the same thing for Patrick Sertain? Did they just kind of glaze over the fact that his dad was a good player and yeah, play it was much? it was like they, they both kind of just got completely from picks ignored. I'll say from picks eight, maybe picks. 13, it was Aaron Rodgers' focus. It, it was usually you saw maybe like um, 60 seconds, uh, uh, 90 seconds dictated towards the player, them leaving the green room or celebrating with their parents. When it got the pick seven through like 12, it kind of stopped. And it was just like on a desk. You just show, on, show the analyst, 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 analyst. That's the, the buildup to the draft rarely ever matches the. I'm like, excuse me, rarely ever is surpassed by the draft itself. Like the actual draft very rarely matches the hype leading up to it. Maybe the first five or six picks. But then after that, it's it just it doesn't. And you could say, oh, well, they Aaron Rod, but that wasn't even part of the draft. I guess there was a little bit of a maybe they'll make a trade and it'll happen tonight in draft night. But the odds so slim. And you knew once you got past four or five, that likely wasn't gonna happen. So it was just it was all this other stuff, whereas that's why man, it, you've got hours and hours of this draft, and it's still the first round, and it just kind of was like, okay, whatever. Well, that's why it it picked up around the picks where people thought Aaron Rodgers could go and and be traded out of. So when Denver goes to pick, everybody's assuming that Aaron Rodgers could be traded. Aaron Rodgers, the Cowboys are going to now both cornerbacks off the board. Do the Cowboys trade back and another team trades up and Aaron Rodgers is a part of the trade? That's all the simulation talk for five to six picks straight. And then Justin Fields gets taken off the board for the Bears and then it transforms back into quarterback. Why do talk. we, why, I mean, look, I'm guilty of it too, Norm, but why do we love the draft so much when it's like, when I was young, if there was a movie coming out or a show that I was really excited about, I could just get lost in the hype or the possibilities of it. And then I might go see it and be like, it was okay, I guess. Well, I, it's almost like I have to convince myself, yeah, I liked it, but in, in reality, and yet they're coming out with a sequel, I might get hyped again. If it's a subject matter I really care about, why do we? Why are we going to continue to do it with the draft every year? I, I, I like the draft. I'll just say... um. After Mac Jones went, I can see kind of the broadcast kind of tail it off. And then uh, once the draft, like we say, we did the draft party, we noticed we're like three hours in, four hours in. And it's like, man, what is taking so long with these picks? <laughs> and you kind of lose the lackluster towards the end. And then obviously day two and day three isn't as big as day one. But I, I'm into the draft because I want to see where some of my uh, players that I've grown up watching, whether it was mutually through playing against them or watching them as kids grow up now that I'm older, 
and I want to see where they go. So it's kind of like the mystique of seeing where some of your favorite collegiate players go and also what players are going to come to your team. That's the that's the biggest excitement it is for me to the drivers. Like, okay, where's the best player in the country going? Where who who does my team draft? And who I expect to be a good team after the draft. And then I'm a big Madden player, so I'm I'm hype. It leads me straight into Madden. Like, okay, like right now I'll tell you, you know, everybody knows I'm a Cowboys fan, but my Madden team, when we do a franchise and you got you gotta pick a team, not your favorite team, I'm gonna say I might have to take the Bengals or the Browns just because of the draft. Just to watch Joe Burrow just get mugged every play. Well, with their awful offensive line. Well, yeah, well, yeah but uh, watch Baker Mayfield if he doesn't hand it off, just run slowly for his life. Well, it's not about that. It's like okay, so the Browns defense they take uh, Newsom, they add him to the to Denzel Ward, they add him to Greedy, they add him to uh, Delpit. That defense. Oh, Cleveland, Cleveland's probably gonna be good this year. They, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna suggest that they won't be good as long as they focus on the run game offensively. They got, got the run game. They yeah. got Odell Beckham's going to come back healthy. You know, Juice is consistent. Like I said, on Madden, that's supremely computer and paper. Hey, the Browns are built to run. To run. You surprised that Elijah Mitchell did I thought after that 40 time he was going to move up. Because my initial thought was six-rounder. And after that 40 time, I'm like, he's going to probably go in the third or fourth. Well, if you looked at how the draft was going with running backs, I looked and I was like, the third round, I want to say it's only four four running backs that got drafted at the at, – at the third round, I was like, "This is slim." Usually, you go, you got maybe six to seven running backs. You get one in the first, maybe one in the second, then third. Start they start coming off the board. But after Trey Sermon got drafted, I was like, by the 49ers, I was like, "Wait, okay, it's a good back." But they took him over. You know, I want to say Javante Davis and Javante Williams, and I'm just like, you know, these backs are coming off slow. And uh, Puka, like when Elijah went, and then Puka. I'm just like, it's not a good draft for running back. He was the 10th running back taken. Um, eh, yeah. I, I I guess what I what I did wrong was I thought that without the combine this year, more emphasis was going to be put on the pro days. And that wasn't the case. Um, I think if and, – and, and you know what? It, it kind of makes sense. Remember everyone was saying, like, why are there more – Four I'm not, threes. Yeah, across, I'm not just talking about Mitchell. I'm talking across all of college football. Like, what is this? Like, it it just it leads to. But I mean, he unofficially had what like a four, three two, and then officially there was some scout there that clocked him at a four three eight or four three something like that. So it was just. I, I don't think teams were putting as much into the pro days as I thought they were. I just thought with a lack of a combine that there would be more emphasis, and I don't know, maybe they were more hesitant, but. Uh, I thought he'd go sooner, but I think, you know. I, I love think. the spot. <clears throat> what I think the 49ers love to run the football. I think with their offensive scheme, Elijah Mitchell will be the Alvin Kamar of that that, that 49ers offense. He's going to catch a lot of passes out the backfield from Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, whoever's the starting quarterback. And then you got Trey Sermon, who's going to be the every down back, who's going to be pounding and grounding. I just like the fact that their offense, Ray Kittle, um, uh, George Kittle and the other tight end that they just got, uh, they, they drafted. If I'm not mistaken, the 49ers are gonna be really fun to watch. Why would I mean Alvin Kamara? That's putting some 
put too much on. I say he's going to be the Alvin Kamara of the offense. So, so he's they're going to use touch him. the ball more than anyone else on the, the offense. They're going to use him out of the backfield catching passes. They're okay, going so. to use him. I just I don't like, slide I don't, it at the receiver slot. Not a they're going comparison. to use him. Not a good comparison. They're going to use him moving <laughs> around the offense. Be the Alvin Kamara. Of All right. So Norm thinks Elijah Mitchell's going to get the most touches in the Niners' offense. Y'all heard what I said? Listen. I just did. You heard Alvin Kamara. The listeners heard what I said. I know. Loud and clear. Yes. Here we go. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we come back, speaking of the Cajuns, a uh, little power ranking poll came out in college football yesterday. We'll dig in there. The betting odds for Aaron Rodgers will play next. Tell us about, I mean, give us some hints, give us some clues. Um, uh, college football playoff expansion. Ross Dellinger wrote an in-depth piece about that and some of the powers that be and what they're talking about. We'll give you all of that. Plus, no, no, we're not talking about Lonzo Ball. We will give you an update on Brandon Ingram, though, and unfortunately, it's not a good one. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN1420 and .com. Delta World Tire is 100 100- Good morning. I'm Scott Prather. That is Norman Locke. Yes, it is. Dropping my rap album. Oh, are you? Yeah, I mean... Why not? You got Dame Lillard. You got great acts like Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Locke. Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) (laughs) Kawhi Leonard is dropping a song tonight. With Rod Wave and NBA Youngboy, and the proceeds are going to the Mamba Sita Foundation. I tell you what, man if if he if he can incorporate this into the song, then I will actually listen. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody can turn that into a beat. I'm saying if they. <laughs> What's that? I need it. <laughs> you got a beat. You got an instrumental to put behind. Does anyone even remember what what that was like about? Just <laughs> <laughs> turning into a DJ. This. Does anyone even remember? Like that was the was, interview. Yeah, but all it was it was like his opening press conference in Toronto or whatever. There were some other players just like who's asking that question. Where are you? And then he spotted him. But that was it. Like that happens sometimes, right? Like who? Like a room full of reporters. That was all it was. And suddenly it was like. (laughs) 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 If that's in there, I'm listening to it. I'm down. I'll I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Are you streaming for free? No. No, I I will support it. Are you supporting? I will fully. If he, that's how. That's how passionate I am. If he had. He somehow has that in there. Just know he would never do that. I will 
let you know how the song goes. Oh yeah, I probably will never hear it, but I will take. I will trust your opinion on that one. Not on anything baseball related, though. No. John no. Means almost had a perfect game last night for the Orioles. Now he did finish with a no hitter, one wild pitch. I guess like a no no hitter in perfect game. If you're like the best at what you do and you're a Hall of Famer, there's that little, like if you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, that's how you get introduced. Okay. Right? Like when you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, rest of your life you're introduced as first ballot Hall of Famer. Now, right. no one says second ballot or no. third or fifth. You, you know, at just that point, you're just a Hall of Famer. Right? Like a no hitter. But dude, a perfect game. One. He is the first player in Major League history, to lose a perfect game on a third-strike wild pitch. So the guy actually swung at it, and uh, he's the first pitcher to throw a non-perfect no-hitter with no walks, no-hit batters, and no errors. One pitch, which was a strikeout, got away. And he's so fired up about getting the no-no that he's like, this is this is awesome. But all I could think about was like, I don't know. It's like, you just... You're that close. Be like not being a first ballot by like a single vote, and you get in on the second. He's like, well, I'm still a Hall of Famer, and that's awesome. But dude, that perfect game was right there, man. So how how often does a perfect game happen? Is it does it happen once a season? Does it no, happen once? It, it, it's, it's 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 pretty rare. I mean, like if I looked it up, because I remember 2K baseball was doing like a million dollar challenge to throw a no hitter perfect game. In the video game, in a video game, and it was it, it was really almost impossible. <laughs> so I can only imagine so you had you had a you had a string of them in 2012, but that was rare. So in 2012, there were three all wow. in one season. Prior to that, first of all, you're at you know how, I mean baseball's been around forever. There have been 21 perfect games ever. Wow! So and that's that's what I'm saying. Games. Like he was like one wild pitch away of somehow it could have just I don't know man like that's that's what I was thinking about um you know uh, I mean let me I mean how many no hitters have there been let's compare that because like you said I I can't see a quarterback throwing over 10 passes and being perfect so there's been 21 perfect games in MLB history then no hitters um 307 okay or maybe okay. no i think last night made it made it 300 and uh and eight eight okay um and there have been three this season now out of every game ever it's still such a small you know, less than much money you know point one percent whatever um but you know what, Scott? Yeah, man. It's like that perfect game. It's like that's a that's a big difference that am i am i being negative by only focusing on that so it's so I just enjoy it. I'm like I'm not. I mean, I, I'm happy for the guy. I don't really care about the Orioles, but I'm just thinking about that one wild pitch, man. I feel like I got a perfect game in me. In what? In baseball. In baseball. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in ball. I feel like I got one in me. Just one. Twenty-one. Twenty-two. Okay. If you say so. No, I really don't. I, could, I, I can't fake. throw that many pitches Dude, if I in tried a game. To, if I tried to like field a ground ball off my glove and hit me in the face, it would. Oh, just... I saw. I, I, I see. I, I keep up with a little baseball. I saw Aaron Judge field the ball and throw it to the second base <laughs> on the on the line. 
He threw it. He threw that sucker. I was like, oh man. Norm's baseball breakdown. No, I saw a little bit. I saw Aaron Judge feel the ground ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he threw That's that great. sucker. He, like, I don't watch football much, but I saw a pitch wide. And Ezekiel Elliott gained like 11 yards. Yes. That's my analysis for all of. It was it was amazing because I just thought of Aaron Judge as just a, a big hitter. I didn't know he was uh, that accurate with the ball. <laughs> College football now. Uh, T.J. Finley, the transfer portal yesterday. Yeah, man, it sucks. He is the uh, started five games last year for LSU. Still has all of his eligibility. Mm-hmm. Where does he end up? Does he end up at a P five, a G five, somewhere else? Where do you think this? What group of five, power five, or or somewhere else? Where do you well, think he's the new at? rules? You can start. He can play. He can start now with the new transfer rules. So I went to a major school. You think a major school is going to look at him and say, we want you to start this season? Yeah, you just see, you saw what, like, uh, Maryland took a flyer on to his little brother and traded away, I mean, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Our quarterback, now the transfer from Maryland. Name escapes me. Uh, 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 Lejeune. Le- 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 yes. So they took a flyer on to a transferring and coming in for one, well, this would be his second season, but on him. So I can see... TJ going to a school in that that type. I can't. I won't. I wouldn't say he's still be in the SEC, but I do think he goes to a pretty good school. I don't. I don't think he has to leave uh, the G five conference. It, uh, you know, he. It's rare in that. Well, it's extremely rare in that. It's. I, I don't know that it, it's ever happened where a guy leaves after getting the start five games as a true freshman in only a 10-game season. So he started half the games in a season at a school coming off of a national championship and gets to transfer and has four years of eligibility. So for him, he kind of... Pretty good situation. Yeah, he 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 got he got some stabs at it, um, got some wins, and knows where he is now in the pecking order and has enough... Doesn't have to leave and say... Wish I could have at least gotten in there. Like did, did all of that, and now still has a full college experience in front of him. It's almost like this little, just it like never so it's, it's like a kid before they go to college, they just spend a year traveling abroad and have this just experience that are like, you know, this is cool, but I can't do this for four years. Eventually, it's just not going to work out for me. I need need to get back and 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 go, you know, go to a different school. He got the the LSU experience in some ways, but. Uh, well, in a lot of ways, that any quarterback that's transferred from LSU, most of them, Anthony Jennings was was a guy that had started some games and eventually got replaced. But the last year of his eligibility, and this guy's got the whole experience still right there in front of him. Well, to be honest, and this is no slight to LSU or to LSU fans, but I don't think LSU's going to be that good this year again, Scott. I just don't. I don't think. I think maybe he's getting out. He's getting out of Dodge. It might turn out that way. But you don't think that's why he's leaving. No, but I do think... He's leaving because he's number three on the depth chart. That's true. But I do think it's a blessing in disguise for him because LSU isn't going to be that good. I just think with all the controversy going on in LSU athletics, uh, LSU Greek life, LSU everything, plus I don't feel like they won in the recruiting department this season. And to combat, you lost X amount of 
players to the draft, I don't think the team's going to be Six. that. I don't think they'll be as bad as last year. Yeah, they're going to be better than they were last year. But I don't, I don't think this is a this ain't the LSU of normal. I still think they LSU of normal loses two games a year. Would you say? I Maybe. would say you know like that. I mean, when you're parentally in the top twenty, some top fifteen, give you, or take. You lose to Alabama. You lose to to one other. You lose in a you know two games a year. God, man, it might be a fool. Man, give them food. You think they're eight and four? Yeah, I think they're eight and four, which is a lot better than last season. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. It's a ways away. Yeah. I, these these early these early power rankings in college football. Man, there's this mosquito that's flying man, in the studio, and every time it moves, Norman, I just look up. <laughs> look at that! It's it's like right up in the light. And it's golden. I've never seen a golden one. It's, <laughs> It's holographic. It's a holographic. You see that people. thing? Get on my skin. Give me a warning. <laughs> I got you. I like how we just mid sentence. We're like, whoa, get out of here. <laughs> um, so here, here is your ESPN way too early per game top 25 power rankings. Give it to him, Scott. Oklahoma. Number one. I don't know why. Alabama, number two. Georgia, number three. Clemson, number four. Ohio State, number five. Are any of these surprises? Oklahoma? I mean, you, you could say the order in terms of who is the top five. No, no. I mean, that's, of course they put that out there. Better not have Notre Dame. Number six. Who saw this team get beat last year? Notre Dame. Iowa State. Oh. They don't want to see them Cajuns. Iowa State is fascinating to me in that they've never had, like, a draft where they had Multiple players selected a couple rounds. Like first, they never had multiple ones in the first round. For a team that's like consistently, I shouldn't say consistently. For a team that's had a guess and is ranked a lot, like the fact that they rarely have players drafted is. I think I don't know if that's a if that's a not. You could you could look at it two ways. Man, they can't get those great pro prospects, or you could say. Hats off to them for continuing to win games without guys that go on to be these incredible pros. No. I remember a caller calling and said, all those players are jacked-up accountants in Iowa. You just got a bunch of buff assurance people, assurance adjusters. A lot of farms in Iowa, too, uh, Look, and they all running in there. Yeah, I play for Iowa State. (laughs) They're good, man. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Yeah, my father played. played. so, So they're going to next year break this cycle. Like next year, I think they're going to have – it's like Probably a defensive lineman, I think. Four is really guys good. drafted in the first two rounds. So you got the quarterback, Brock Purdy. I don't know, but he's he's getting he's gonna get a lot of hype. You got uh Xavier Hutchinson receiver. Charlie Kohler's gonna be like the top ranked tight end coming out of the show. You got Brees Hall, the I guess nephew of uh, of Roger Craig, and they're bringing everybody back. Now, Cajun fans look at it and yes, we we saw him go up there and and beat down the Cyclones to open the season. And I said before that game, this is the best team they're going to play this year. And it was. And I know Cajuns dropped one game to Coastal, but I maintain they beat that that that, that win was so impressive not cuz it was well, it's a it's a it's the first time they beat in a P5 school on the road. It was how good the team was that they beat and that it wasn't fluky, all of that stuff. Um Iowa State's good and the fact that they got all those guys coming back. They got 10 returning starters on offense, 9 on defense. It doesn't surprise me that they'd be ranked as high as they are in this poll power ranking that means nothing. 
I don't. Does it mean nothing? <laughs> well, it gives us something to talk about. Texas A and M is uh, comes in at seven. Now that that they got to stop. They consistently preseason ranked Texas A and M to be good, and they consistently aren't good. I don't remember the last time they was good since Johnny Manziel. Well, they were nine and one last year. Is that good? I, I guess. Yeah. I, guess. They, I mean, they lost to Bama. They, they're good. Okay. They're okay. good. What about the uh, – all, right. all right, maybe. LSU, by the way, one of our list five recruiting class, but Norm's it, like, I don't think it's the recruiting all, it, is good. It, it, wasn't it one last year? Ask him if ask him was it one last year. <laughs> and then, then you got recruits leaving. Is it a still top – you know, like, yeah, uh, the tight end and your, but, your quarterback uh, If But if you – if to say that, like, I, I, I don't agree with your point that they're that they're suffering recruiting. I mean, they're they're still getting some of the best players in the country. I I, I respectfully I know now, some I, I of those agree. Guys, now gonna, some of those guys might leave. It's and and what do you do with them when you get them? They I just feel like they aren't getting the the cream of the crop anymore. I don't I don't I think it's a little bit spread you know out. Me. I, I I shouldn't even go there. I don't I I don't buy into recruiting hype from any. I. I the draft has a lot more merit than National Signing Day, in my mind, in terms of star ranking. No, 100%. But um, I look at, uh, if we was to say five years ago, right, I would undoubtedly say Alabama and LSU wins the recruiting class year after year, year after year. Now, that's a little bit diluted. Yes, L- Alabama wins, but you have the likes of Clemson and Georgia and o- o- is just dipping into LSU right now, and I just feel like LSU is getting... I wouldn't ever say second-tier stars or players, but they're not getting the cream of the crop like they usually used to get. We'll see. I think last year they were they had lost so many people from the team the year before it. New quarterback, all that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think they're going to be competing for a national championship or anything this year. I'm not going to be crazy, but Norm's saying four or five losses. Boom. That's not bad. Citrus Bowl? Tell you what, though, the bowl system, more they, they start expanding the playoffs more, oof, it's going to start dying a slow death. North Carolina, eighth in the power ranking, Cincinnati, ninth, Oregon, tenth, Indiana, eleventh, Notre Dame, twelfth, USC, thirteenth, Iowa, fourteenth, like Washington, fifteenth, sixteenth is Louisiana. America's team. <laughs> Louisiana is 16th, the second to highest ranked G5 school. Cincinnati's ninth in this uh, power ranking. And, you know, you've won double-digit wins two straight times. You won the Sun Belt West. Probably could have won the Sun Belt as a whole Hubie's if Chris returning. Had played. Chris Smith, dude. I told Let me tell you something. You remember that day I came in here and I told you I heard the whispers from the locker room that he was the beast? He is. <laughs> I didn't argue with that about that either. You did, you did. You I mean, he's. I, I've I've heard the same thing, and you saw last year in flashes, even in the spring game, which is just. I was there. It's the spring game. Yeah. But one, you can, in my opinion, you can have a couple of obvious takeaways from spring games, and then when you start trying to nitpick more small, minute things, it's probably that's when you got to be like, okay, it's a spring game. The obvious things you can you can pull out of it, and it was obvious. Chris Smith is going to be like all over the field this year, all over the place. And I know that he'll probably split some time with Amani Bailey and others because that's what they've done. But I think you're going to see him get more touches this year 
than Mitchell has the last few years or Regis or or Kale in a given season. All those guys were great. I think all are going to be playing on Sundays next season. But Smith is going to get a little bit more of the share, in my opinion, and he can handle it. That guy's speed is elite. I think he's the most explosive back we have probably had since uh, – Trying to think who's the, who's the last speedster we've had. I don't know. I mean, Mitch Mitchell, Mitchell just yeah, ran he, a four three two. He's faster than Mitchell though. He is. I think. I think. Um, I mean, Kale was extremely fast, but Smith has it's a, it's a different kind of like. It's like he takes two steps and he's seven yards. It's down also and, like a violent running. Like he's he's running like he wants to like. Like Dre Regis, like a bull, right? Yeah, but the speed wasn't there. But it's it's almost like a combination of speed and power with Smith. I mean, and and they need him because Elijah and Trey, you know, it's combined yards, sixteen hundred thirty six yards yeah. and eighteen touchdowns last year. You're gonna need Smith to carry a big load, but um, I I I, I won't be surprised. I know Cajun fans, you want to see him for two more years. I get it. I won't be surprised if he has a season next year where it's like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and, and head, you know, to the, head of the draft. You know what's we have a a superstar lineage on the Cajuns team. Lennon Burton's brother plays offensive line, and he's second string for the Cajuns. He might get some playing time this season. Lineage, huh? Some lineage. He's better than his brother. <laughs> at that, but not at talking anime. We we don't know that. Florida comes in at 17, <laughs> Wisconsin 18, Ole Miss 19, LSU 20th. Um, they flamed out on defense last year. We know how bad that was. Me the hiring of Bo Pelini was atrocious. Uh, Joe, on one hand, I was... Pleased is the wrong word. It was It was surprising and at the same time refreshing to see a coach actually be honest when he admitted yeah, I didn't really interview the OC or the DC last year. I just pulled them like, in. Like that's I just had a recommendation. Like that's not that's not how it works. No, no talk coach to, O. Talk to and, and and the guy had they had the perfect season, so I'm not I'm not trying to take away any of his accomplishments. That's a giant mistake. To which he's even admitted it. That was bad. Um kind of shows how important Joe Brady was to that team. This time he he Talks to Joe Brady, says, you recommend this guy? Okay, let's bring him in. A little bit more involved in the process this year. And um, also trying to separate himself from last season as much as possible. But uh, I th- I'll i say this. I think LSU will finish above 20 win next season. Give me give me, give me, me the wins. This is the pre-spring this this pre, game. I'll say, they win, I'll say they win nine games next year. That's one game difference. Well, I mean, are you including a bowl game? I expect the game. Okay. But I still get them with four losses. Okay. Maybe not that different. Coastal <laughs> at 21. Coastal Carolina. The Chanteers. 11 and 1 last year. Unbeaten in the regular season and then uh, loses to Liberty in the Cure Bowl. Who? With Liberty and Justice for All. Who did he lose to? Tell you what, man. Grayson McCall's coming back, though. No, I, I like him. I'm not even going. I'm not even going. I'm not. You were you were you were hesitant last year, and I was saying the big the big thing with Coastal last year is everyone like no one expected them to even be good in the Sun Belt, much less like nationally ranked. 
and it was kind of like, oh, this redshirt freshman quarterback, that was the biggest thing on that team no one saw coming. And, uh, yeah, we'll see, man. Jamie Chadwell got a, got a raise out of now. Every other school in the Sun Belt seems to really dislike them. So uh, what do you like to say, Norm? Smoke? They have added smoke. some smoke to the Sun Belt. Smoke. Uh, Texas is 22, Penn State 23, Arizona State 24, and Miami 25. Phone lines are open at 269-1077-269-1077. Let's head to the phone lines right now. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Good morning, Scott. And your co-host, is, is it Norman? Yes. Yeah, well, good job, man. Enjoy listening to both of you speak this morning. I uh, just want to bring up a couple of topics. I uh, I was listening earlier to one of your competing uh, sports talk shows, and a whole bunch of LA continues, continues all the way through my, my shaving period. So I flipped on to you guys and see if, you know, and then uh, y'all are going through having your whatever picked up on you, all at number X team and LSU. What's going on with, with more current things like, the Willie Wade investigation. How, how long is it going to take for this guy to? Uh, well, you know what you I mean. Say, you say on? that's yeah. current. I mean that hasn't been in the headlines for a while. Uh, we were commenting yeah, about an ESPN so poll. Why is it so quiet? I mean, are they just uh, hanging him out to dry, or you got pictures on somebody, or what? What? I know they severed football from basketball, and then the Title IX thing. What? What's your personal take, or what have you guys heard on on the basketball situation? He's bringing in four- and five-star players and one-and-dones and all this other thing. And it's like it's been brushed under the carpet. I'm just curious to know, you know, that's good poop talk. And you know me, I'm always thinking college basketball, Scott. So I said, uh, let me get – I know you guys are very informative and, and knowledgeable what's going on on, on the heartbeat of, of basketball. So uh, I thought I'd just throw that guy – you know, if we're going to talk LSU, let's talk about a little bit of college basketball, what's going on with Willie Wade's situation. Well, I mean, there's no update. Literally no LSU updates. has, like – Five lawsuits going on right now concurrently. So uh, I think it's just a jo- lot. Josh Gray uh, transferred out. Uh, he entered the portal, um, and LSU, of course, has added some players through the portal yeah. as well, and they signed young freshman centers. But I don't know. It's it is you know Arizona parted ways with Sean Miller, and some yep. felt like okay that that could be the first. But to be honest, I mean you you this whole investigation. Every time it gets brought up, you hear like, yeah. I mean, all the, the last thing that happened was seven weeks ago, there was a report that they, the FBI, you know, federal investigators were on campus, and, um, and yet that could have been about, you know, some of the other stuff that's right, been brought right. to light. So in terms okay. of Will Wade, man, yeah. I, it, it, at this point, I think anyone's guess is as good as the other. I don't think it's suddenly gone yeah. forever, but, you know, the fact yeah. that it hadn't happened yeah. in the last year – I don't know if COVID had something to do with it, but um, but yeah, it's put it this yeah, way. I don't well, think I don't think it's the end of it. I don't think it's the end of right. it. Right, and you know where I'm coming from, Scott. I just, it's, you know, like it's, if I get swept under a rug, and they still they're still hoping that the Huey Pillon uh, resurrects, you know, and just comes out and waves a wand, you know. Um, anyway, just wanted to give y'all some room for thought and conversation. Have a good day, thanks, Jones. Man, I ain't heard Huey Pillon name in <laughs> so long. <laughs> You did a double take there. Yeah, like you. I like it. Jones had a UEP long run. Yeah, okay. And it made sense. It did make sense. I was like, oh, okay. You had to pull that one out. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I mean, I could sit here and give you this thing about there's been no public developments. The federal investigation, I guess, an, a Sports Illustrated report. Now, this was in late March. So, again, six, seven weeks ago, was that they were still investigating uh, Will Wade and 
you know, allegations of bribery for recruits and that that investigation remains active and that it was um, concurrently active with LSU's investigation. What does that mean? I don't know. But I don't think federal investigators are going to go in there and then just walk away and be like, yeah. I don't know. LSU has so much going on right now that I think Will Wade has floated to the bottom of the list. And and Kim Mulkey's hiring had something to do with that, too. That's true. That, that was intense. And her entire show, it was hilarious. And they sold tickets to women's soups. Like, all um, has kind of, to, to the caller's point, but but it, it, it's it's not as much about the stuff going on as it is just time. If, 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 if a big bombshell drops in regards to that story, It'll be right back at the forefront because but is, the is Zion time. story with Adidas that kind of plays into paying players before they yeah. get to Cleveland. So it's it's just time. Like and, and there was a new development there. I think that I mean, and, and I know you're not comparing the two like no. like in, in a literal sense, just in terms of the news cycle. Yeah. But I think with the the Zion thing, what's interesting to me about that is news story comes out that oh this other this other former college player suing Adidas and in in some uh, findings in you know in the lawsuit, things that Adidas had to present. There was evidence that Zion's stepdad got you know five thousand dollars or something from it. And it's like ten years ago, maybe even five, but certainly ten. It would be like, wait, the best player in college basketball and a superstar is only twenty and Duke and that, and now they're like most. I mean, I'm not speaking for everyone, but the 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 overall perception of that now has changed so much like okay so how much did duke make off of him so he paid him a couple thousand now it's looked at more of like these vultures of oh, his stepdad was coaching the au team and and adidas some some smuggler for them was trying to take advantage of this young teen and 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 years ago it would be flipped right like they took money that's wrong now it's okay if they took a little, a little bit more if they took a little bit <laughs> right right it's like that's all you that's, know and so he can get in in no trouble for it, and it's funny that like the the I mean there might be some trolls out there, but for the most part you'd have to agree the public perception. Time a new story comes out, there could be evidence to suggest his family had five thousand dollars or something like that. Everyone's just kind of like, so yeah, no, yeah, I, nobody. I, I, don't, can, I don't care. I want to watch him drop thirty in the paint tonight. I w- I watch people attack the Suns social media account. Did you see the Suns mascot? Has become the first mascot yeah, yeah, yeah. to be officially the Suns gorilla, whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, the gorilla has an endorsement deal, <laughs> and it's like people was like, "Oh, so you could you can give endorsement deals to the mascot, but you can't give it to collegiate players." <laughs> and people attacking them, I'm like, "Back yeah. off, back <laughs> off, alone." Mascots are people too. I'm like, but like you said, the perception is if money's getting thrown around, he's known as Go. By the way. A G A U? Yeah, no, just G O. Just oh. Go. The Suns Gorilla, otherwise known as Go. He was fresh though. I can't. I gotta give it to him. He, he was fresh. He was. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he got monkey. He got eight feet. So I don't know how you gonna wear the shoes. For the record, this is this is from Google. For this is from the Suns NBA.com yes, page. For the record, this mischievous mascot was born quite by accident. A messenger for Eastern Onion. A singing telegram service came to the Coliseum during a home game dressed as a gorilla. As he left, Coliseum security suggested he do a few dances underneath the basket during a timeout, and the fans loved it. All right. A war of 1980 and... 
41 years later, has an endorsement deal. So, Scott, if I show up right now to the Pelicans game in some type of suit. No, they got Pierre the Pelican, man. It, so it wouldn't work? Somewhere that doesn't have an established mascot? And that's and back in the 1980s, some teams don't, but. Okay, so, it's di- so I, ca- I can't yeah, recreate go, it. Go to the Cajun Dome. Go to Cajun Field. We've had this discussion. But I'm aware, though. See, he was know. original. You said bring back the pepper. You got to be something different. That's what I'm saying. What I'm going to be original. Mascot. So it's like, okay, he showed up to a Phoenix Suns game in a gorilla suit. But it, and it wasn't even, it was for like a totally different thing. That's what I'm saying. It was not Halloween. Went to, so what could I, could I show up like? I'm trying to think of what would, what would. What would be Big like old bowl of gumbo? I was about, I was thinking a bowl of something. I was like cereal would make a sense. bowl of gumbo. <laughs> Do you remember the KFC famous bowls one year for Halloween? Long time ago, one of my friends just dressed up as a famous bowl. With the chicken tender and he made and like the, a big bucket and he had all this like oversized food in there and he like put on a hat. Like so it could be done. Bowl of gumbo. Norm shows up. You got you got to go chicken and sauce. What would be like a, a, a Cajun leprechaun? Everybody see the leprechaun say, yeah. <laughs> say, aye. <laughs> oh, man. It got to be something it ridiculous. It could be a crackhead that got a whole. I'm sorry. You say <laughs> leprechaun. I can't not think of that story in Mobile. Um, a Cajun leprechaun? But, you know, it got to be something ridiculous. First of all, you can't, yeah, but you can't wear green. You try to wear it's red. Be red. But, but you're not. I mean, you're short, but you're not that short. It doesn't work. Okay. And give okay. me, what is a Cajun Irish accent? Ooh, that's oh, pretty bad. Oh, <laughs> boy, you know my name is there, sir. <laughs> I mean, you can't really do it. You just have to go in out of it and then into the other. I know you're the boss over here, dog. You know? I'm saying <laughs> it needs to happen. This is what the social team needs to get us over the hump. They need Norm to be a Cajun. And I'm and at the end of the rainbow, it's a bowl of gumbo. You try to steal my dad around, boy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It, uh, I would. I would love to see it. It's I a just, working idea. I don't know that it has the stain power. It's it's a fluid situation. Is it? It's a fluid situation. That's what they've been. University, just reach out. Tell me what your idea is. We make it happen. You're gonna be the mascot. I'll be the mascot. You have any? You know, there's a school for mascots to get trained. Man, that suit's hot. That stuff is heavy. I would, I would you need to any, be trained. Do you have any training in the mascot arts? I have 1,500 yards built up in me in any sports, Scott. That's, can, not, that's, not, that's not the answer we were looking for there, Norm. <laughs> I'm an athlete, and I got a rap album on the way. Yeah, right. It's featuring Kawhi Leonard, Lonzo Ball. Uh, 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 uh. We'll be right back after this. It's the Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up, Suit Up. 3546, Ambassador Caffrey, you got to go get suited. Who looked good during the draft? Who was suited up nice? Okay. Now, see, we did a, we did, during the draft, we did a fashion, fashion take. 
So I'm going to say the cleanest all around overall, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had the color coordination, that cream. The shoes wasn't crazy. He had the interior with all the pictures and stuff. The suit, 10 out of 10. Shoes, 10 out of 10. The interior was an added extra. Jamar Chase wins the best dress of the draft. Now, do they get to keep these? It's like in Hollywood, when a lot of times when a movie star is walking the red carpet, it's really like just a rental, like a company. But I, I don't know enough about fashion, but some of these dresses are crazy expensive. Yeah, no, they so keep like, these. So these suits, are they like, hey, you get this fresh suit, it's yours, but you're going to be promoting us. Is that kind of these clothing lines look at it? Yes and no. So when it goes to like, let's take Mac Jones. Mac Jones probably had a suit from J.C. Penney's, Macy's. He looked like he was on his TurboTax. Like he 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 wasn't the not that it looked bad. It just was very base. But I remember Colin Murray last year wore a J.C. Penney suit, and it was like you say, you're promoting us. He probably took that suit off. Like I'm never wearing the suit again. What's but, wrong with a suit from J.C. Penney? Nothing, nothing at all. Nothing you never owned a suit from J.C. Penney? Yeah, I've, I've definitely bought. You know where you need to suits. get a suit, right? Suit up. Suit up. Now, Vontae Smith, he went with the designer suit. So you know they're not promoting him. He paid a good penny, a good penny for it. And I put him second in the suit category just because fit, color, it wasn't wild. But now I forget the guy's name, but they did have a Black Panther-inspired suit, and he's the worst dressed of the draft by far. I don't know why he's like, yeah, you know, I'm a big Marvel fan and everything, but no, no, no. It was crocodile snakeskin suit. He had the little alligator toots on the the Ma'am, around his if, collar. If, if I if I was good enough, if I was a good enough athlete to be drafted early, I probably would have I probably wouldn't have gone to New York. But if I did, I totally would like an agent would have just hated me, Norm. Because you just all, showed up as like no, Baker I would, Mayfield I would have worn just, like a Dumb and Dumber, like one of those suits, and like so goofy. And they're like, "You can't do this, man." You ain't, uh. like I, I just they probably would have talked me out of it because like, but when you get older, you realize like, man, some of these guys need to just loosen up, man. Because like if, like Pat McAfee was a punter, but you know, had he been like a high draft pick, he would have done something. Yeah, he's crazy. his his thing is the jorts. Yeah, he would have worn his. He got married in, in, a, in a tuxedo that had shorts. Yeah, so that's 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 his thing. You saw Zeke at the draft, rolled up his dress shirt oh to gosh. show his abs. So it's it's his belly, his belly, <laughs> his belly. But now, hey, I don't know if you've been seeing. I got my frat brother. He had he's uh works out. All the Dallas Cowboy running backs, all the videos that you see go viral, putting it on his phone. But Zeke is slim, Scott. Slim the packs are back. Cowboys to the Super Bowl. ESPN 1420.com. I'm feeling it. All right. We've talked about the transfer portal a good bit today um, in various sports. Got a Malik Wilson of the Cajuns last week, found out he was entering the transfer portal. Devin Butts is uh, also reportedly entering the transfer portal. The uh, former three-star recruit played in 24-28 games last season for the Cajuns. Now, 
This is according to uh, Rivals.com. Um, Cassidy, Rob, and uh, Jamie Shaw reporting that it's entered. Or has he? Wait, Steve. so Steve's got a story up on our website. It says, report shared on social media. Yeah, report shared on social media um, yesterday yeah, that he has entered the transfer portal. So, who, former who, Mississippi State um, sophomore guard played on the Cajuns last year. And um, now, keep in mind, this is important to remember about the transfer. Um, players can players can take their like it's it's not like hiring an agent, right? The transfer portal is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, right? And if a player enters the portal and realizes, you know what, there's not a a really great fit or situation out there for me. They can return to their current school. They can pull a, a, a male or female student athlete that enters a transfer portal can pull their name out and um, and go back to their current school. Now, I'd imagine a school probably has a a timeline as far as you know. We need to know by this, but uh, but yeah. So um, six and you know twenty four games started uh, a pair of games last year, and. Um, I don't know. He might be gone as well. We'll see. Formerly of Mississippi State and of the Cajuns. We'll see what happens there. But the transfer portal in college basketball, more than any of the other sports, is going to be the one that this time of year you're just going to see tons of news nonstop all the time. Nonstop all the time. Uh, it's It's a gift and a curse to me with the transfer pool just because I think it kind of messes up the traction of recruiting and the system, if if you're, let's say I have a system to where, you know, I like older guards. I like older or I like, you know, older big men in my program. Or, you know, I, I like <clears throat> seniors to be the leaders on my program. Well, if everybody's transferring, your pool, you, you just got players that are going to be moving around more and more and more where, do you have programs where a guard or a player stays for four years and you get that senior that 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 knows the offense, that commands the offense, that runs the team? I don't think you're going to see any four-year starters at one single school as much or as often now that the transfer pool is as instant. PN1420 and .com. Phone lines are open this hour at 269-1077-269-1077. I'm Scott Brather. That is Norman Locke. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing this morning? Sir. I'm I'm just miffed when it comes to for Portal and even more miffed um with Coach Marlin's program as far as it, it it just seems like there's no consistency in keeping players and, and getting uh just players play for a certain amount of time to get get some type of chemistry. I mean every year I hear of uh, transfers. So what, what's what's the issue this year with I mean Malik and and Devin are, are two nice players. So what's what's going on there? Well, what I heard about Malik is, um, <clears throat> from what I understand, it, Malik's a really good player. Uh, might have a chance to play professionally and might be might be looking for an opportunity to uh, go to a really big program. And at the same time, again, you enter the transfer portal, you might leave, but. Bear in mind, you you can look at programs across the country, P5 and especially G5, and they've all got 
guys in the transfer portal. I think, gosh, I think I read this stat. I think Kara Ritchie put this out there, um, and she covers Arkansas State. And you have, what, 300-plus teams in D1 college basketball, and I think less than 30 had no players you know, entering the transfer portal. So it's, it's, it's across the board. Right. Okay. I, I was just wondering what's, you know, what's going on with that because it just seems like it's just difficult to establish, um, uh, you know, like a team, like I said, a team chemistry. Uh, um, I mean, you know, it's just, just a chance to build a good team, you know, if, if you keep having the good players leave. And, I mean, nothing says that he, he cannot be successful here and, and be drafted as well. That's true. That is true. You know, so I don't I don't un- understand. And I don't I don't know that I don't know that he'll be drafted. Um, you know, regardless of where he goes, but Correct. he's mm-hmm. you know he's a good player. And from what I was told, it was nothing. Um, I don't know. There was it wasn't any kind of drama, if you will. Uh, that's what I was told. Okay. Thanks for the call. Well, Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thank All you. All right. I think Jones is back online too. Welcome back into the show. Good morning. Hey guys. Yep. Now we're talking Portland college hoops. Scott Norman, as you know and I know, and I'm quite older than you guys. College sports has done a a flip. It's no longer like we saw it ten years ago. There's no more loyalty. Most of these kids coming in, the D1 especially, want to earn a living or make a living after college playing basketball, okay? And there are family decisions involved. There's mamas and daddies. There's big brothers and uncles that all think their John Doe nephew or son is better than he really is. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it if you have children, Norman. Scott, you know where I'm coming from, having children. Okay, let's just accept that. Now, going to you. my kids, they poo. You don't have any kids. Right. right. Well, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but don't bullshit. Yeah, you, you, you're going to think your children are better than they really are because every parent does because you love them and you strain for them. So with that said, consistency at UL, well, number one, I've been a consistent fan. Scott, you have also. You've been there several times. There is consistency there. With the portal, players are being influenced to make decisions. With Malik, reading here and there, supposedly interested. What, Texas Tech? Oklahoma, and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Two of those positions are new coaches trying to field a team, and the third one is on the hot seat to win or he's gone. Okay? So if someone comes in and says, hey, you can come in, it's a whole new story here, well, Malik's got to listen. Okay? Now, Malik was happy here, but I know his mother was happy with him here, and he's a good kid. He really is. So he's doing what he thinks is best for his family. Example, Jalen Johnson wanted more went to Mississippi State. Watch his minutes throughout the year. I did. He's back in the pool, okay? But he's got he's got to play we, some more defense too, Jones, but that's another subject. Oh, well, he well, I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not talking negatives, okay? I'm just saying great offensive bad, player he, and I and I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed covering him and talking to him when he was kid. at UL. Great. First time I met him, he was shopping for his grandmother at Walmart because she had after one of the storms in the Baton Rouge area. Great kid. I hated to see him leave. I loved him. Okay. But someone sold him on, you can do better for yourself. So it's the someone's families. The portal opens up. Let's see what is available. Sometimes kids get in the portal because maybe they don't exhibit the 
expectations of them off the court. Okay, so there's a lot involved in just instability or instability at a program. This program is very stable. You don't keep a coach 11 years and look at his record. And if there would have been anything negative, academics, not winning, I know this program, we expect a lot from it, me especially. Am I accepting everything? No. A lot worse. Jones, okay, how long, you, how long have you been a season ticket holder? Like 30-plus, 30 30-something 30 years? Uh, 1976. I'm sorry. Wow. Season ticket holder? Yes. Wow. Football, basketball. Four. Yes. That's longer than long so. So forty forty six years, man. You look. I forget how old you are. No offense. I mean, you look young for your age. But I. <laughs> well, I'm your, I'm your daddy's I, age, or a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy six, man. Very passionate. I'm very passionate about college basketball. I know you are. Long. Yeah, and, and I think and I think let me let me add one more point, Jones. Then I'll, I'll let you get back to it. What, sure. Also, what the transfer portal does is this this it it, it allows. Like previously, they wanted to transfer, they had to ask their coach for permission to contact other schools, and a coach could say no. And then a student athlete might go to the athletic director, and then if, if permission was still denied, they could make the request to like a, a designated campus administrator, like a dean of students. And then if it wasn't approved, they could go to someone else on campus. And it, it, you know, oh, if you don't receive permission, you could still transfer. But then, if you did, you wouldn't be offered athletic aid in a new school. Now, that's not. I'm not saying that every kid that ever wanted to transfer prior to the transfer portal was always denied across the board. I'm just saying, I, I, I say that to illustrate the amount of steps that it would go through and the process of it all. And what the transfer portal has done is. It's made it much easier for students to identify that where they might explore attending, and they'll kind of see, and we'll see what happens. And and I, I, you know, hopefully they always talk to the coach, and I'm sure they talk to their family. But the amount of uh, steps that now it takes to to go through and possibly transfer is a lot less than it once was, and I think that's just opened it up even more. But Jones, even before the transfer portal, I would say between you know. 1976 and, you know, uh, Robert Lee's time with the Cajuns. Let's go to, like, 2010. I would say that you saw, over all those years, a major increase in, in, in players transferring. And then in the last 10 years, and in particular just in the last few, I feel like in the last decade, it's almost doubled from what it was in terms of how long it took from 76 to 2010. Like, that growth, I feel like that growth has doubled in just the last 10 years. You're right, Scott. You're right. And it, it's just made it so easy for families with ball players, any sport, to investigate other avenues, step into the SEC, step into the Big Ten. But, you know, you'll go from playing 25 minutes, 30 minutes a game at a G5 school to at a Mississippi State. You know what I mean? And kids want to play. So and it's just it, all of this portal and transfer and eligibility – college athletics it's all going to be amateur it's all going to be a pro semi-pro whatever you want to call it but it's not what it used to be the alfred paytons of the world he went off because he had a shot at the nba but the orange greens they had those transfers kids that were unhappy wherever they were but the four-year player that's over with that eric mouton byron starks alonza allen we're not going to see those four-year players well, you, you'll see. Didn't, didn't Cedric Russell four years? 
Right, and, and his situation, right, he's investigating. Here we go. He's investigating his options, but he can come back if he so desires. Sure, so, and, because and, of the and, and yes, and right. he only has that extra year because of that. So in a traditional point, yeah. you know, he, he still did. Yeah. So he just, he just portal, has this bonus year that in, in normal times right, he wouldn't have had. Right, he We've stayed. got the portal in the pandemic, so it, it's a... It's it, it's in a flux. It really, really. There's no normalcy yet. Sure, and and it's it's really double sided, right? You know, Theo Okuba. Yes. I mean, look at look at transfers from the impact he had last season on the K. I love watching that guy play. You know. Oh, he's. Um, I think he's an NBA player. Another yeah. year, I think he'll get drafted. And, and, I think he's going after one more. You know, year. so right. you can you can right. look you can look yeah. ways however yeah. you want to. But. Sure, but I didn't mean to occupy all those time. But no, it was good. It was good. I appreciate it. Tough topic, and uh, I'm, I'm sincere about what I say. But you guys take uh, have a good day. Thanks. You too. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Um, in do you feel like in football when a player tra- I don't I don't have the uh, numbers in front of me to back this up. Okay. Football when a player transfers, the the odds of it working out better for them are higher than in basketball just because of the how wide of a pool it is. Granted, you don't have nearly as many players on a team, but you've got a lot more teams. Uh, yes and no. I, I I think because with basketball, we see the instantaneousness of it. Because right now, if we if I was to t- take a step back and think about collegiate basketball, right now it's promoting one year players, one and done. That's that's just is what it is. You know, if you're really good in collegiate basketball for one season. You get on you, national TV a bunch. You, you get on national TV a bunch, you leave and you go into the pros. Well, players for football, it's not so volatile for one, two-year players. If a big-time player like a Jalen Hurts in year three or his senior year to Sasha, it's a big time story, but like like we was talking about TJ Finley, he's still a freshman. Well, he was a freshman. He'll be a freshman again. He'll be a, yeah, he'll be a, a freshman again technically. So we got four years of of him, uh, three more years of him to watch on another team. Where it's not we not that invested. Well, basketball, you got one or two seasons before the new this new rule, uh, the COVID rule. But you got one or two seasons, and then you, people not really keep, you know keeping up with you in the eyes. The eyeballs aren't really, you know, meticulating on you. What's the biggest four? Who's the last biggest four-year draftee in the NBA? I don't know. Yeah, so it's, know. It, you know, so it's like they're not promoting those type of guys. But Josh, like a, Josh Hart, four years, won national titles, was a first-round pick. Granted, a later one, but like he comes to my mind, and I'm sure there's that's been what the one coaches. Were. Some, you know, some, all, some do. Well, yeah. So it's like collegiate coaches want those Josh Hart stores because you can sell that to recruits. You know, you might not make it to the NBA, but you can win. You can get an education, win national you, titles, get a degree from a great school, and and he happened to go to the NBA. But it, it, you have the possibility also. But you can't sell it no more. You gotta, hey man, I can get you to the league as quick as possible. That's that's, that's the recruiting uh, pitch of. Some collegiate coaches right now. Like, I can get you there as quick as possible. Damian Lillard, four years. Four years? Okay. David West, I remember that. And he could have left Xavier. He was the play, National Player of the Year, but he he wanted the degree. But, I mean, we're going back. I mean, Lillard was drafted in 2012, 2011. And David West four back years? in 03. Yeah. I mean, they're dirty. D-Wade played four? No. no he played no, three? No, he played three. Um, 
But if you look at today's best four-year college players in the NBA, C.J. McCollum, Draymond Green, Damian Lillard, let me see, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. So those are some good ones, okay? I mean, we're talking about one of those guys is an all-star, and if you wanted to throw someone else in there, I know you wouldn't. I mean – Last year, you might have. J.J. Redick, four years, right? But yeah, yeah. Uh, the four I mentioned are I mean, the exceptions. I mean, his, his, I mean no, yeah, no, he, he's at the back end of his career. He's, but he right, counts. right. And it's almost like it was so long ago. But like McCollum, Lillard, you know, Jimmy Butler. Now, Butler was not really recruited by anybody. And, and you know, his story in terms of how he got to Marquette's different. Lillard and McCollum were, you know, they weren't – they weren't at big schools. No. Draymond Green was a second-round pick. That's why I was, yeah. So in, in each of those cases, while McCollum, I think, was a lotto pick, a difference of first-round pick, and Lillard was, you know, sixth overall, um, in some of the other cases, like Jimmy Jimmy Butler was 30th overall, right? Um, Draymond Green, again, a second-rounder. No, I guess some folks expected Lillard to be good. I don't know that anyone knew he was going to be Steph this good. Steph played three years. Steph played three. I mean, he had that run in the <laughs> tournament, and he said, I'm out. And I don't blame him all the way to the Elite Eight. But when it high, doesn't happen, he probably plays that for a year. And he didn't have that type of run, but he probably plays. You might be right. Like that, that run alone elevated him so much. And I think those are the guys the NCAA needs to maybe celebrate. Yes, and retract their one and done model. And they, you're, you're right, Norm. I mean, we're agreeing too much this morning, but they need to celebrate the really good players that were there a bit longer or maybe got came whatever it is um because it's like okay yes zion was a figure but other than one year of basketball what did he bring to the collegiate game after one year eyeballs. Of basketball? eyeballs and interest and then the next year is going to be somebody else and then the next year is going to be somebody else it's just not it's not a sustainable business model if everybody's like hey lord of age to 18 yeah, that business model isn't going to work. Anymore. I've said for years that while uh, when they went when they went back to at least one year removed from high school, so the NBA is never changing it back. No matter how much people complain, on I I could be wrong on this. And go ahead and mark a timestamp because if they ever do, I know you're going to let me hear it, Norm. But for the NBA, you you go ahead and ask, you have built in superstars coming into your league. TV has already promoted the heck out of him for you. Like, if Zion comes out out of high school, he's not number one overall, and people don't know who he is. I mean, hardcore people might know, but so your casual fans don't know. you pre-cooked meal already ready to go. Dude, you just got to pop it in the microwave. Kevin Durant drafted by Seattle. One year at Texas. Dwight Howard. not Dwight. Think of Dwight Howard back in his heyday. Right, think of how right. good he was in the mid to late 2000s in Orlando. Superman. There was people, a lot of pundits saying, what is Orlando doing taking this, this 18-year-old in Atlanta? Like, Emeka Okafor, that's proven. That's this. It's just because you knew Emeka, who, by the way, did graduate in three years at UConn, but you had seen Emeka Okafor play a lot. So there was this there's almost, there's almost this familiarity there that if you have a, a John Morant one year at a, at a, at a G5 school, yeah. if he comes out of high school, is, anyone, is there any hype around him at all? I don't think other than... So, like, why does the league? Why would the league ever change anything when they're getting free promotions that build in superstars? And 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 
There's you no, could say, oh, well, Lebr- don't, there's don't, no, there's no don't, other don't LeBron. compare LeBron there's to no other Don't LeBron. compare him to anybody. Because I don't see. He was Le- on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 17 years old. The only other colli- I mean, uh, pre-collegiate athlete that got media coverage and hysteria pre-college was LaMelo Ball. And and it was nowhere near LeBron. And it was and it was complete like his story was completely different than a guy that just we played overseas. His dad was famous. His brothers, all of that. Like he's on Monday Night Raw. Like yeah. it was not. It was it was anything <laughs> but your traditional path of he's this a great, guy was yeah. great in high school and now you got to draft him. Like mm-hmm. when Kevin Garnett was drafted back in the day by Minnesota, this was nobody was like, yes, I can't wait to watch him nonstop. And then after a couple of years, it was like, wow. You got something special here. He plays one year and goes out, comes into the league, and it's just built in there. Think of the Zion mania. Think, I mean, Norm, being in New Orleans at that draft party, when everyone knew he was going number one overall, everyone's packed outside, you know, next to Manning's, all this stuff, this celebration. And the league gets to show that highlight in the city and the rider. Every Everybody wins in that regard. Now, college basketball could say it hurts us a little bit, but you get another one in. The, in if. If 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 it was still if one and done wasn't there and you had more players not going there for a single year and you didn't have these one and doneers, would college basketball be in a better place right now? Good job killing that mosquito. Yeah, mosquito, mosquito flying mosquito around. Mosquito down. Good. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah, it'd be in a, a way better place. A you way think better so? place. I think so. Just because I feel like those, like you say, it wouldn't be. Everybody's hyping up, oh, 18 years, as soon as you go straight to the NBA, straight to the NBA, you're going to see a lot of guys fizzle out faster. Big time. So I think it's going to be maybe like a, a transition period where, okay, everybody's going to feel like, oh, I'm out of high school. I'm 6'8". I can shoot. I can jump. I'm going to the league. And then you're going to start seeing more and more guys into that G League, into that Euro, and go to the Euro League. And then it's going to back, and you're going to see only the greats or the could-be-greats are going to start coming out of high school at 18. Because every kid's going to want to come out of high school who's over 6'6". Go back in one draft. Number one overall, Kwame Brown. No one – it was just Michael Jordan is going to take him, and he's going to – He was first out of high school? He's going to play with him in high school. Number two, Tyson Chandler. First one of my school. favorite players my guy. of all time. Been on my show. Got nothing but respect for him. The um, behind LeBron, the second to oldest – no, I'm sorry – Officially, the oldest one. He was in the who league. Who plays for now? He's who's he on? I think he's. He was in Houston. You might be. That might be it. Yeah, he's in. He's on Houston. Okay. Still I in the league. With Tyson. I right. Shout out. Twenty years. But coming out of high school, no one. Clippers Skinny took kid. Who, who? And then he gets traded to the Bull. Uh, Pal Gasol. I mean, some of these guys are big names. Some of them are bust. But foreign. That's a whole different subject matter. Fourth overall, Eddie Curry to the Bulls out of high school. Like. Um, Eddie Curry would not be coming straight out of high school if it was 2021. (laughs) 7th overall was Eddie Griffin uh, out of Seton Hall, not the comedian, sorry. Uh, 8th overall was uh, Desanya Jop. Remember him? He played in Dallas for a little while. Academy. I don't. That's high school. You know, my point is, some of these guys you 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 don't remember, you never heard of, you never heard of, and others others like like Gasol and Chandler. You're like, oh, okay. But my point is. When that draft happened, there was there was no built-in star. The biggest thing surrounding that draft is who's going to take Shane Battier and why isn't he going number one overall? Four years at Duke, great player, college player of the year, does everything right. Why isn't he going number one overall? He went sixth to Memphis, and 
Like that was a good spot. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I mean, he had a good he had a good career. But when you can have more it, like imagine if it was, you know, twelve Shane Badiers in that draft. Or 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 you know, maybe not Badiers, but someone with a one year, a Badier, a Durant type, one year of Gasol after he played college. Granted, it was, he was a foreign player, so it's a little different. Hype coming into the league is totally different. And I think the NBA, they're they're not going back, man. Oh, yeah, and like they're you said, it's back. a pre-cooked. You got – they're getting pre-cooked eyeballs. Like, they got 14 O's with hundred thousands of followers because of AAU. Because <laughs> uh, overtime and, and, and all these other uh, hoop magazines send cameramen – to film them at practice and balling in open runs and gyms across the country. And it's like, okay, y'all giving them the eyeballs, y'all giving them the attention. And kind of like the caller said, some of these guys think they're better than what they really are. And it's just like, uh, man, you're not that good, but your highlight tape's extra fire. ESPN1420.com. <laughs> all right, we went from transfer portal to – but it all it all connected. Right, it all connected transfer portal to, college, you know, the NBA and one and done and how college sports is. I don't know, man. It's it's crazy to think just how much. Now, here's one thing I do continue to believe is untouchable in college basketball, and that is the bracket. Like March Madness, you can have star power. And you can have teams where you don't know a single player on the team. You don't even know the name of the school until you watch the game that day. And guess what? People are watching it. So you want to talk about college basketball and its future. As long as that bracket is there and that thing is a multi-billion dollar industry in and of itself. It's all right. That's what I say. The bracket. Can't touch the bracket. Nothing. March Madness is in Trist. I remember being... What, what what was it? Oh three was in New Orleans. Ah uh-huh, yeah, Carmelo. Yeah, it was Syracuse, Texas. I, I remember going in Rouse's, Kansas, and he had the March Madness like decals everywhere. I was, I was look, I was stealing everything. <laughs> I was taking I, it out. stealing. I'm taking. They're not gonna take me to jail from stealing the March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> the stickers that they put on the window to promote yeah, it. I'm taking, peeling I'll, it off outside. I'm Scott, taking. It. For I was the record, none of this stuff had price tags on it. No, no these were just decorations. Just, that's, what, that's why I just want to be clear here. Yes, yeah, promotional. Don't in there like stealing malt liquor as an underage. No, you know. No, I'm taking. They had. It was. It was a. Um, you know how you used to step on the mat and the sliding doors open up. <laughs> they had a March Madness basketball court, life size little mat that's that was over the little stepping thing. I told my girl, I was like, I cried. I bawled out like, I want this mat. She was like, well, it's a little dirty mat. I just washed it. They probably don't care. Take it. Took it. Dude, I, I, when I lived in New Orleans, Took I, it. I, didn't, I didn't go to like, you know, Bourbon Street. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't go down there much. Now, sometimes people from out of town would come visit, and they wouldn't go to Paddo's or whatever. Um, the only times I went down there usually was if I had to work for something. I did some stuff for NOLA.com, and I set up a camera down there. But... I I went on like one of those uh, you know what do you call the, the steamboats? There was some event oh, okay. through college, so it was like on a steamboat that night. So when we finished, we were like in with the red. Yeah, we were like quarter, and I was dating this girl, and she's down there with friends. She's like, "Hey, we're at uh we're, we're at Paddo's." I'm like, "You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna it's the amount of people down here is nuts, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna suck it in." 
Well, you, being trolls were there. I would sometimes go downtown and just walk around just because you see just, all just these the, people. A, the atmosphere. Dude, the line out of Paddo's was so long. And I remember waiting in line to go see my friends, Donovan McNabb, who's like fresh off a, a loss in an NFC title game again. He comes strolling in. I think he has cornrows at the time, and he's walking past the line, but he's by himself. And people notice who he is, and they start like cheering, like, yeah, yeah. One guy, one jerk comes in like, like handheld camera, like right in his face, like bam, flash goes off, and I was like, oh hey, hey, you know, be cool or whatever. And he had a Polaroid. He pulled he was, out that Polaroid well, he was in his former, face. He was a former Syracuse player, so Syracuse is there, and he's he's, uh, you know, he's, he's feeling okay, good. Okay. So he walks in, and he's trying to just bypass the line, but he's by himself. And the guy at the front of Pato's is this older gentleman, and he's like, "Who are you?" He's like, "Hey man, I'm Donovan McNabb." He's like, "So who's that?" No, no, he knew who he was. Oh. He knew who he was. But I remember I was close enough to hear the whole conversation. And he's like, so? He's like, come on, man. Like, can, can you let me in, please? Like, Donovan was at least being nice, which I, I'll give him credit for. He wasn't like, hey, you know what? Yeah. He's like, come on, man. And he's like, I kid you not. Now, granted, this isn't 06 or later. This is, this is 2003. He's like, nah, man, I'm a Saints fan. <laughs> I had to respect the norm. I had to respect it. So Donovan's like, oh, yeah, it's cool. Aaron Brooks and I, good friend of mine, man. AB, we're cool. And so Donovan talks his way in, and then the guy lets him in. I eventually got into Pato's. Donovan gets, like, hit up by all these, like, Syracuse frat boys with, like, these, like, New York accents. And they're like, hey. Like, they couldn't believe they were hanging out with Donovan. And he was probably just, you know hunting or whatever. I mean, whatever he was doing out that night, he probably didn't think. He surrounded him, and so he just sat down with him, and I remember this conversation they are having with him, like, hey, man, yeah, McDad, McDad, man, this is so cool, yeah. And he's just, I can tell he's like, I might have made a mistake coming out, you know. I might have missed. And they're like, oh, you know you know my boy Max, Max Kellerman, man, Max Kellerman, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like they're talking these accents, and at that point, I just like walked into the bar. I don't know what happened to Donovan that night. I laugh. I always have respect for that doorman, like, I'm a Saints fan. Nah, I felt it. That's that's the that's the energy you're supposed to give. That's great, dude. It, you know, don't don't you know curse them out. Do all that. Just be like, no. <laughs> Jay Mariotti was there that night. This was before he had been arrested multiple times. Back when he was on Around the Horn, and he just had like his face was just stained all red from drinking hurricanes. He just sat down and like talked to us most of the night, and then later on, I found out like, man, he's kind of. I got some issues with women and stuff. Oh. Now that I think about it, he was kind of like hitting on the girls with like, what? A, get, the, get, out of <laughs> get out of there, man! It was a wild night. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Welcome into the show. Hello. Good morning, gentlemen. How's it going? What's up? Sure. Oh, ain't too much, man. I take you guys uh, in favor of uh, student athletes out of high school going to college and going to college for multiple years. That's what it sounds like. I could be wrong. I, I, I don't I, I don't have like a sort of dogmatic rule of what they should or should do. I think it's different for everyone. Um but okay. I think that the NBA is gonna I don't think they're ever gonna back off on one and done. Um but you know, if put it this way, if a kid can one hundred percent go make good money, you can go back to school. But if it's like maybe, possibly, then I would say then maybe possibly he's probably there in a few years, so stay yeah. in school now. You know what I mean? But I I don't think it's right. just it's just not it's a case by case thing for sure. Absolutely, you hit it on the head. It's a case by case thing. There's a lot of people that here's the thing about humans: we don't like change. So there's a lot of older. 
people that see this change or this 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 difference because it's not like it was ten years ago, and they um, it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's better or it's worse. It's it's changed, so they have something against it. So here's what I'll say: when I'm watching a college collegiate sport, I like to see, and maybe you guys also, I like to see where both teams. You know, it's some people like blowouts. I don't like blowouts in, in sports. So those guys that have the the possibility, the capability of playing professional ball, I think they should not be in college. So I'll say this: college athletes are all gifted, but some rise to the to the to the top of that level. So if you get a team like a Kentucky, like we've seen, they stack these people, they get these professional players, and they get them for the one year and all of that. Um, I would like, I would rather see if those kids are that talented where they can play at a professional level, just going to the pros. Because I would rather see those those other um, when when two teams meet and collide, to see when their when their talents are kind of the same, and to see the grit and the you know who's going to outperform who and out strategize versus getting a team like a Kentucky that will get four NBA players and they're there for a year and then they shoot off to the NBA or they go whatever it is. So I'm in I'm in the minority. I would rather see those kids not even go to college if they choose not to. You know, I would rather have freedoms of saying I'm going to go to the G League and I'm going to skip college totally just so there's some um some continuity in the college ball itself like so but um hey you guys have a great show. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to give my opinion. Thank you. Appreciate the call. It's ESPN1420.com. Great Scott show sponsored by Suit Up. I wish it was as the, the problem, Norm, is just all the vipers out there and leeches. And look, look uh, at the NBA draft this summer, and look at the number of players that declare for the draft versus the sixty that are drafted. It's way more than sixty. Way more. And than for 60. some of those players, suddenly their education isn't paid for anymore. No. So, um, or they got a, a a degree they really can't do anything with. Yeah. And it, it just. It's tough, man. There's no there, it, case by case basis. There's no, there's no perfect answer. But, and then we're um, talking about men's sports. Uh, I was watching a podcast where collegiate sports for women. If we, if you really want to dive into it, the a pro soccer player says she played. She did four college, got a degree, and she makes twenty seven thousand dollars playing a pro soccer player. So, I mean, like you said, imagine if she couldn't go pro or what, or what would she be able to do? It's still not a lot of money for some of these athletes. So if they're able to grow pro faster or quicker, if they are talented enough, that'll make the money. But I, I know there's also another law that's going to be monumental coming down. I know me and Lynn had these guys on the show um, when athletes are going to be able to profit off their likeness while in college, and I just think that's going to be a big-time helper of keeping some of these collegiate players four years if they're able to lucrally make money off because it's like, you know, if I I still got four years of eligibility. If I, you know, once that bill comes through, I got 1,500 yards. You know, if I want to get a a Boudin sponsorship, you know, or – some type of season salt sponsorship, some locked on, some locked season salt. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking forward to it. It's to me laugh when you start enunciating really high and then going in and out and the season salt, salt, man. It's the season salt. Oh, jeez. What it if it was boudin flavored season salt? Boudin flavored season salt? Yeah. I got some uh, sriracha sesame seed flakes that I put on stuff. See, see? 
pussies of salt. Asian market's going to sponsor Scott. <laughs> Cook up in the Asian cuisine is good if you get the if you do it right and you get the good stuff and then you mix a little Asian with Cajun. And yes, there are places that use the word Cajun to try to promote dishes, I know. Like uh, what was that what was that uh, football player we was looking at it was the Cajun Asian wings that he made. <laughs> oh man, who was that? I totally forgot about that. Hey, yeah, the former football player, he called them sticky hot wings. Sticky hot wings. But he wasn't, he Cajun. had no, yeah, he had no <laughs> ties to Louisiana. He had no ties to Cajun culture. It was just basically, I'm going to make it really spicy. and Dude, spicy. I'll say this before we go into the break. Hey, I, I do sometimes buy items at authentic Asian markets because, again, I like to try it, and I think if you follow a recipe, it can be good. Sometimes it backfires, though. Like, Cajun food is spicy. Indian food is spicy. Asian food is spicy. Never had any so spicy. I got, food. I got some, uh, not the, the like ramen you would buy at like Walmart that we all ate in college a lot of. I think that night I was talking about being at Pato's probably at four in the morning. I got back to my dorm and ate some ramen noodles. Okay. Um, some more like traditional ramen, but it was it was labeled as like spicy. And then there was one next to it that was labeled as times two, like double spicy. I'm like, I like. Spicy. Even though it makes me sweat, but like if I'm at home, I don't care if I'm sweating off the thumb. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to do the double. That's probably too much. But regular spicy, I'm, I'm anxious to try this. And there's one night where wife was uh, was was not there, kids were down, and I hadn't eaten yet. I'm like, I'm gonna cook it up, <laughs> dude. When I tell you, I took one bite and my mouth was just on complete fire. I was like, but it tasted good. And I was mad because I was hungry and I'd cooked it all. So I'm like, let me just take a few more bites, dude. By the third bite, like, you was done. my lips, like, just fire. The inside of my mouth, I was like, thank goodness we had milk. Because, like, my, you know, I have a one year, I just start drinking milk. <laughs> and I just, dude, the next day, my mouth was still burning. And bites, and that thing took my stomach. I was like, like, not eating it. That's just labeled as regular spicy. Not eating it. What have I gotten a double spice? Who who eats that? Nope. Nope. Norm's not eating it. I like some spice, but there is a thing. It's too much spice, dude. There is, and you can keep it away from me. I don't even like hot wings. I got to get the mild wings. Yeah. If I'm if I'm at yeah, I, I don't maybe medium's okay. If I'm out and about, I, but I sweat so much that like it looks like. I just went like on a marathon. Like it looks ridiculous. Some <laughs> people go out and we get boiled crawfish. Yeah, you just w- worked out. I used to always seriously. I used to always get like you know spicy boiled crawfish, and then it's just I would sweat so much, and everybody would be looking at me, and you know my thin hair. It's like it just <laughs> accentuates my hairline, and I'm like, I was like, gosh, Scott. And they think, but the thing is, they all think I'm like miserable. I'm like, no, it's really good. So now I, when I'm at a restaurant, I just I don't do spice anymore. It's too it's too much sweat. It's <laughs> gonna make you sweat too. You bleed. Nah, don't make me sweat. Just I don't want I don't want the the after effects. ESPN fourteen twenty. <laughs> All right, if you missed the beginning of the show, Norm and I our top ten mock drafts that we made a week ago today, and then that night the top ten unfolded. You know what you never told who, me? Who won? Who has bragging rights? And I'm going to tell Norm whatever he needs me to tell him when we come back right after this on the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up on ESPN fourteen twenty.
Welcome back to the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. If you listen on the stream this morning, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Will Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. All right, Norm, I'll give it to you. We made our top 10 mock drafts last week. And uh, I need to see who, who's your favorite. What was your favorite? 40% team? for me. You got five of the top 10 right. I got four of the top 10 right. So, you know what? I can admit it. You did better than me. Hats off. Well done. Do I get my draft analyst expert hat now? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, I don't like giving out draft grades after draft. Not grades. What teams draft did you like the most? I didn't know. I just, it's like, what, what does that even mean? We don't know how good these guys are going to be. Yeah, well. I like that Jacksonville got Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne the first round. Two teammates, okay. Because I know that both of those guys are really good. Right. That's about the extent of it. Like, I, I can't. So many of these guys, Norm, we don't know how good they're going to be. We don't. I, I didn't watch film of every prospect. Like I'm not. I'm not, and I, I don't want to go read like some insight. And I'm not saying this is what you're doing. This is just me. I'm not going to read an insider page. I'm like, oh, a lot of them are saying this team did good, so I'm going to say that. And a lot of teams are saying this team was bad. Like I'll say this. You want me to give you something? The Raiders had a bad draft. <laughs> how about that? Why does everybody I'll think the that. Raiders had a bad draft? Because they've consistently had bad drafts. And because when they hired John Gruden, I said then, it's and I maintain me, yeah. that he is more of a dinosaur in the NFL right now than people realize. And um, what what he thinks work doesn't work as much anymore. Mayock is vastly overvalued. And I don't. So I'll just keep riding the Raiders had a bad draft train until they <laughs> prove me otherwise. Now, the, so there you go. The team that I think had the uh, bad draft was the Seattle Seahawks. Now, they only had, I want to say, three picks in the entire draft, and I didn't like any of their picks. So They I, haven't had the greatest drafts as of late. Like, DK Metcalf, it, good pick in the second round, but look at the rest a, of them. They drafted a wide receiver in the second round. You know who else has had bad drafts and they don't get called out for it is the Patriots. Look at their drafts. I won't even – I won't even – just in your own time, Norm, go back to the last five years. Okay. Look at all of them and tell me how many players are even in the league or good at all and how many are bust. I might think it's going to surprise you. Oh, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick. Per- Let's go look at how they've drafted the last five years, guys. I'm not saying a great dynasty. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just speaking specifically about their drafts in the last five years. If you wanted to put a ranking system on it, it may rank dead last in the NFL. That's crazy. Not Bill. Not Bill. Just, that's what I'm saying. Stay tuned. Catch Norm this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Steve Pelequin's next with Beyond the Game. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Gus Gattengill, another set to join me. It's ESPN1420 and .com.